0: Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment and credible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter is how you get in touch with us. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Don't forget the hashtag S-G-N. That's right. Do it. S-G-N. 855, the number four, and iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That's how you get in touch with us. And let me tell you, I am pumped up today because we got playoffs. We got NHL playoffs. We got NBA playoffs on the horizon, right? Major League Baseball is about 25% done in their season, and the NFL schedules are out. Now, look, I know last week we sat back and we talked about the week one lines, right? And week one lines come out and everybody freak out, but the overall schedule is is something I want to get into. We're definitely going to touch on that for sure. But I have to start off with the NBA. And let's get into some of the NBA because the games, look, they're here, right? I mean, this is no longer speculation. This is no longer, well, what could be, what might be. We have games going off all week. We've already had the play-in games, kind of. That's it. I moved on. So let's get into the rest of the log, and, and we'll start off with Saturday. Games start about two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, and that's Eastern time. And we have Bucks Heat, okay? And the Bucks and the Heat, we look at and we go, all right, Bucks are a five point favorite. The Miami Heat, th- this is a team that was here last year. And people that are not paying attention, yeah, sure, the Miami Heat are going to garner some attention. Guys, I like the Bucks not only in this series, not only for this game. I like the Bucs overall. I think they're flying a little under the radar, okay? And the line coming out at five at home, I think that really highlights it. Look, Miami's not a terrible road team, but they're only a couple games over 500. The Bucks, Bucks won 46 games this year. Nobody paid attention. Giannis put up MVP-level stats, 28 points per game, 11 rebounds, almost six assists. Giannis... Put up MVP numbers. Nobody noticed. The Bucks were 26-10 and 10 at home. Apparently, nobody noticed. And you look at Milwaukee, who started the season a little bit lackadaisical. And you can't blame them. Teams that go deep in. Look, they started the year. Think about this. Okay? The Milwaukee Bucks lost 26 games overall. They lost three games in the first five. <laughs> right? Three games in the first five. They actually wound up losing, uh, look, here we go. We'll talk about uh, before January 1st, right? Uh, Five, six, seven, eight. They lost eight games before January 1st. Out of those eight games before January 1st, they lost three home games. So since the calendar has turned to 2021, they've lost seven home games. I mean, they went on bad streaks. They lost to Phoenix, Utah, Oklahoma City, Toronto twice in a five-game bad streak. They had bad streaks against Boston, the Knicks, the Clippers. They had a bad streak against Golden State, Dallas, and Charlotte, where they lost three in a row. So they're not prone uh, to bad streaks, I would say, but they've had some of them. But they've also had a lot of injuries. And you look in the games where Nawara led the team in scoring. David led the team in scoring because Giannis didn't suit up. Look at some of their losses, and you go, okay, some of them make some sense. Now, against this Miami team, Miami's got a great defense, right? That's all you hear. Miami's got a great defense. Great defense. Oh, yeah. Well, Miami just led up 122 points to them on the 15th of May, right, in a uh, decisive 14-point win in Milwaukee. Milwaukee crushed them. So you go back and you go to look at some more head-to-heads between Miami and Milwaukee, and you go, okay, they hadn't played since December 29th and 30th, where they split. Miami led up 144 points in the loss. They came back, and they won, and they won that game by 11. 144 points. They also let up 122 points. Guys, I think Milwaukee scores some points tonight. And I'm looking at Saturday, and I'm looking at Milwaukee, and I'm saying to myself, They are vastly underrated. Now, the 227, I may not go near. It's tempting. I was hoping this was going to be about 222. It's tempting, but Milwaukee makes a lot of sense. How about the next game, the Clippers and Mavs? Dangerous game. The world is on the Clippers. Everyone's betting the Clippers. It's uh, minus 5, 219.5. Kawhi Leonard had a very quietly good year, another quietly good year. We talk about Luka and how great of a year he had. Twenty-seven point seven points per game, eight rebounds, eight and a half assists. Great year. Kawhi, twenty, almost twenty-five points a game, six and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. Very good year for him as well. And the Clippers also, twenty-six and ten at home. You know, you look at this Clippers team, and I know the Mavericks are dangerous. I'm a guy that I've told you I I really like Luka, and Luka is a guy that will push the needle, and people like to root for Luka. I understand all that. So, by the way, I expected this line to be a lot more than five. I expected this to get to seven or eight. But the Clippers are a team that kind of limped to the finish line. A lot of people said that they were throwing it so they didn't have to face the Lakers. All right. I mean, I'm listening because they lost six of the last ten. All right. I'm listening to that argument. If you take that argument out of the equation, though, you know, this Clippers team has been pretty consistent all year. They did lose to Dallas early in the year. They got absolutely humiliated. But look, it's early in the year. Lots of injuries. I'm not going to go there. But 124 to 73 is a downright humiliation. Then they add back-to-back against Dallas um, where they won by 10 and then they lost by 16. So they split there. I'm willing to throw that early game out, but I'm saying Dallas could hang with them. For the series here, I don't necessarily love Dallas for the series. I don't love the Clippers for the series. There's a little bit on the plus side if you're looking at Dallas for the series. This first game is going to kind of tell me a lot. I I think the Clippers and Clipper fans expect them to hit a button and just kind of perform all of a sudden. But it's not much of a reset button as like the Nets and the Lakers because they did go out there and win 47 games this year. How about those Nets? They're taking on Celtics' team that people go, you know what? They didn't even care to be here, right? They didn't even care to be here. They're walking through this, and they are banged up. Jalen Brown's banged up. But Jason Tatum is their star. How healthy are the Nets? How can the Nets really turn around and come back and all of a sudden, just hit the ground running. I've been skeptical the entire time. I went out and made a bet this week where I took plus 300 on the Sixers and plus 400 on Milwaukee to win the East because I'm basically just betting against the Nets. Now, the Celtics are six games under 500, 15 and 21 is a terrible road record, and the Nets 28 and 8 at home. The Nets are going to be really, really pumped up for this game to kind of prove naysayers, people like me, wrong. I think that the Nets are a team that will have problems down the road. I do. I think down the line, the Nets are going to have a problem. Do I think it's going to be this game? Nah, probably not. But I don't love slaying seven and a half when, when I can make this valid argument. Besides the injuries, besides the rust that they have to throw off, besides not playing together, Brad Stevens is a much better coach. And I know that the Nets are at home. And I expect them to win the game. But 7.5, and and I'm seeing uh, nearly 70% of the money coming in here, I kind of lean the Celtics plus the points. But I I don't think it's a play game for me. 226 is the total. Uh, If the Celtics have any chance this is an under, I don't know if they have any chance, though. And, And again, I think it depends on... What do you believe? Do you believe that Harden and um you know Durant are gonna be healthy and they're gonna be firing away and this is gonna be all hunky dory and everything's gonna be great? If you believe that, then the net's in the over of the play. If you believe that Celtics can hang in there, be scrappy, be that bunch, which I tend to think, you know, then you, you've gotta lean the under. And I know I know the Celtics are banged up. I get that. But if you go back and you look at oh through the year and how these teams met up, it's hard to equate Because they're such different teams. Look, they met the second game of the season, and the Nets won. Well, the Nets were a completely different team after that second game of the season, right? They're going to be a completely different game tonight. Yeah, the Nets won March 11th. Kyrie Irving was the leading scorer. So that'll tell you they're a completely different team. Then they won by five on April 23rd. Harris was the leading scorer for the Nets, right? So... They've had Boston's number. It's been a weird lineup. I expect them to win the game. I, I do. Uh, but I think Boston is just enough of a thorn and a worry with their with their superior coaching that maybe 7.5 is a little hefty. And then we go to the Nuggets and Blazers. And this is a series that I think people are finally giving the Blazers the credit that they deserve. And maybe too much credit. Right? The Joker is the best player on the court. They are 25-11 and 11 at home. Now, the Blazers are 22-14 and 14 away. Damian Lillard has proven, I am a playoff competitor. I am a guy that during the playoffs, you had better pay attention to. We know that. But the Nuggets, I know, look, if the Nuggets were healthy, I might be taking them to win it all. The Nuggets are not healthy, and we know that. But I also know that the Nuggets are a deep team. And the Nuggets, look, after the injuries came, they had a small hiccup, but then they dominated after that. They're a team that you look at, and you go, yeah, you know, they lose to Utah. They lose to Brooklyn at the end of the year, and they lost to Portland in a game that that they really care less about. They had really one bad loss, and that was to the Lakers in a 93-89 kind of uh, just just a slugfest type of game. The Portland game at the end of the year might be getting a little too much juice here. People might be looking at that Portland game almost as too important. Uh, But I will say this, back on April 21st, They also played to a one-point game. So, I won't be taking this game. I'm not even taking the series. But I do think Denver's the better team. And I'm looking at this game and I'm going, yeah, I'm going to watch every minute of it because I want to see what these two teams are going to be matching up as. It's going to be a good one. If there's there's any series that I feel like, okay, you want to jump on the underdog there, Portland's probably it. But you know what? Everyone is with my thinking. I can't stand to be with everybody. All right, out on Sunday. You got the Knicks and the Hawks. I absolutely love the Knicks, not only in the series, but in this game. I think this game is everything to New York. Julius Randle was putting up MVP numbers before he got a little bit banged up. I still think he's the best player on the court. You give me Trey Young all day long, I'll take Julius Randle. 24 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 6 assists per game. I think Julius Randle's the best player on the court. Madison Square Garden's going to have 13,000 screaming fans, and they haven't been to a playoff series, and they haven't hosted a playoff series in 8 years. That means something. That means something. The New York Knicks are the best against the spread team in the league. The New York Knicks defense was fourth overall in the league. That is massive. And then you look at the bench play. Since the All-Star break, the New York Knicks have the fourth best bench play. And compared to Atlanta since the All-Star break, they're outscoring Atlanta by nearly 10 points. That is the bench. So we have a a one-and-a-half point spread. You have home field advantage. We just talked about the big boys, right? And when I'm telling you the big boys, we are talking about the big boys. Well, the Knicks, 25-11 and 11 at home. The Hawks are four games under five hundred. The New York Knicks, minus one and a half. You have best player on the court, Julius Randle. You have home court advantage in New York where they're opening it up to 13,000 screaming fans that are desperately rooting to for the New York Knicks. They, they want to go crazy. Okay? You have the much better defense. Much better okay? A comparable offense. It's not massively different. Comparable offense. And you have much better bench play. And I think the bench play really might come into this year. So, I see a line of one and a half. And I'm going, I don't know why. I don't know why people are doubting this Knicks team. They have been all year. They're the best against the spread team for a reason, guys. This Knicks team is a really good team. Uh, Are they... A good team that could win the championship? No, but they're a really good team. And think about it like this the New York Knicks lost 31 games this year. Okay. But we just did this before the, the break, right? We just did this. So let's count them up before the calendar turned One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 losses before the calendar. They were having a bad time. Boom. Calendar turned. They started to really turn it on. And this team is is a solid team. They're going to rely upon defense. We know that, okay? And they played Atlanta on April 21st, and they won in overtime by 10. But it was an overtime game, which means, look, it, this has got a chance to be a really good game. They did beat them again, 123-112, holding that defense down on February 15th. So there's, there's some of that. And even on January 4th, when they still weren't playing too well, um, they're sitting here and they're going, yeah, you know what? We won by five there, too. So they beat Atlanta three times this year. They're minus one and a half. They got a defense. They got a crowd behind them. I like the Knicks on Sunday. That's a good play. That's a good bet right there. The Sixers, the Suns, the Jazz, they're all favored. They all should be favored. Now, the Suns are an interesting team because a lot of people don't buy into the Suns. And a lot of—look, they are second-best record in the league. A lot of that— is because of the guy that I think has the most pressure this year, and that's Chris Paul. There's a lot of built-in excuses for guys like LeBron this year, right? LeBron James doesn't win a championship. What do people say? Ah, he was banged up all year, and he got a championship last year. That truncated season, you know? No big deal. There's nobody in Laker Nation that, that, that are freaking out about LeBron James if they don't win a championship. Giannis, look. You were good this year, but not even the number one seed. And Joel Embiid and the Sixers, yeah, look, it's a good year. You don't want to be knocked out in the first round, clearly. But if you lose in the Eastern Conference Championship or or something like that, or uh, even lose in the finals, you know what? The Sixers, good year. No one's going to freak out. Kawhi Leonard's got a little bit of pressure on him. But you know what? He's got the resume. It is what it is. Uh, I, I think—and then you look at the top teams, you know, teams like the Jazz— And Denver, you know, teams like the Knicks and the Hawks. There's no pressure on these teams. Brooklyn has no pressure because if Durant and Harden and Irving doesn't work, they're going to go, well, it's because of injuries. That's why it didn't work. I mean, that's why. So I think there's a lot of built-in excuses for, you know, guys like LeBron, guys like KD. I think that those excuses are built in. For a guy like Chris Paul, they're not. You know, a guy like Chris Paul, we've watched this script before. Chris Paul made a really good, valiant push at the end of the year for an MVP bid. Chris Paul is a guy that isn't the guy on the team, but he's the best player on the team. And let me explain. Devin Booker's the, the man, right? 26 points per game, four rebounds, four assists. I mean, he's the guy. Went through a bunch of games where he scored 30-something points. He's the guy. But Chris Paul is the, the veteran. Chris Paul is also on my damn TV all the time. Him and Aaron Rodgers' ugly friggin' face in State Farm commercials, right? He's all the time. And you go... Oh, awesome! They're on the TV constantly, doing state farm commercials. combine they have one ring. Yeah, let that sink in for a minute, right? So Chris Paul's got zero. He's bringing zero to the table, and and he's the face. He's the elder statesman. He's the guy. He Chris Paul. It's all on his shoulders. But I've watched this before. I used to do post game analysis uh, in Las Vegas after the Clippers games. So I watched a lot of Clippers back in the day, right? We'll call it back in the day, right? And and I watched a lot of Clippers games. When Chris Paul was young, and those teams were really exciting, the Blake Griffin, and they were young, exciting, ready-to-win teams. And that's what we heard. That was it. They remind, remind me a lot of these Sun teams. Young, exciting, ready to win. Chris Paul is terrible in the playoffs. Now, I've had the argument on the year five years ago. I had the argument on the year probably about eight years ago, to go all the way back, that Chris Paul is overrated. And I'll say it again Chris Paul is overrated. You right now have the second best record in the NBA. They're 27 and nine at home. Chris Paul, you need a championship. Now, you could tell me, well, you know what? It's LeBron's league and Kawhi. But if you have the second best record in the league, I don't want to hear any excuses of whose league it is and who you're going to lose against and what you're going to do. I I don't care. Chris Paul, you have the team to do it. You won 51 games this year in 72. You have, arguably, the best team in basketball right now. But no one's giving them a shot to win at all. And I have to say, some of it's because of the youth. Some of it's because they're the sons. Some of it's because of Chris Paul, and this is a vital series for him, vital for his career, vital for his legacy. The rest of the Suns, it's a growing year. You guys are young. This is vital for Chris Paul. Last one is the Jazz. No one's giving them any credit. They do have the best record in the league. They went 31-5 uh, and five at home. They won 52 games on the year. Their stars were banged up at the end of the year. Mitchell missed 16 games, and Conley missed 10 in the last 11, and uh, Rudy Gobert had his minutes kind of cut out here. But at the end of the day, the Jazz, even with those problems, even with missing star players and star positions and star situations, they were still able to produce the best record in the NBA. I think they're underrated for the series. I think they're underrated on Sunday. I think the Jazz are going to be underrated for as long as they're in the playoffs right now. You know, maybe not as much early on. First series, maybe not as much. They are underrated, though. And I'm telling you now, guys, that's a team to watch. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Be back right after this on Wagering Week. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get the gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. Okay. Right. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, guys, Tim Tebow might be back in the NFL. Yeah, it's possible. And I have some odds here. All right. Will Tim Tebow catch a touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence? A lot of people are out there hating on Tim Tebow. Plus 1,500 if you believe that's going to happen. And I even have a little further. How about this one? A Tim Tebow receiving yards prop that's out there. Over 12 and a half yards is it. Basically, they're just asking, is he going to make the team? Right? You believe he's going to make the team. uh, 12 and a half yards should not be that difficult. Oh, wait a minute. You want that? there is one that says, will Tim Tebow make the roster? Yes is minus 200. No is plus 150. That is what are the odds? You know, guys, look, I know it's a little bit of fun to have uh, have fun with with Tim Tebow, and all that's going on there, right? You know, I don't know. I'm not against it. I'm just not. I'm not against it. I, I, I know he's not a tight end. I know maybe he shouldn't contribute, but if you're a brand new coach and you want guys to kind of learn your way, right? The way you do things, sort of thing, um, Tim Debo could come in there. Maybe he doesn't even make the final roster, but you know what? He comes in there, shows them how to do it his way. And let me tell you something if he does get cut, if they do release him, doesn't that say a statement too? Oh, you know, Urban Meyer's own dude got cut. That means all of us could get cut. Oh, boy. All right, let's take a quick look at the NFL schedule because we did go over week one last week, but I want to talk to you about uh, just some of the, the the strength of schedule talk that comes out. Now, it, it drives me nuts, okay? The strength of schedule conversation, I'm going to go from one to 32 from hardest to easiest. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Chicago, Green Bay, and Minnesota, their top five. Then Cincinnati, Detroit, Raiders, Cleveland, Rams, Kansas City, Seattle, Tennessee, Arizona, and Washington make out the toughest half of the schedule. Houston, Chargers, Jacksonville, San Francisco, Jets, New England, New Orleans, Buffalo, Indy, Giants, Carolina, and Denver. And then the five easiest schedules, Miami, Tampa, Atlanta, and the two easiest are Dallas and Philly. A lot of people make a big deal about the schedule and the toughness of the schedule and what it means and what all that is. And guys, why? Why are we making a big deal about it? Honestly, it, it the schedule is what it is, okay? We understand that. The schedule is, is going to be based on last year. Haven't we learned that at the end of the day, So much has changed since last year. Look at all the new quarterbacks. Anybody playing Jacksonville could kind of throw that aside. And and to my point, the Jacksonville Jaguars, prospectively, are supposed to have uh, every single game that they're not playing Houston, they're supposed to be catching points. Underdog in every game. I find that ridiculous. Okay? And let me tell you something. Deshaun Watson was healthy. They'd be an underdog in every single game. Well, they're not going to lose every game. And... I think that Jacksonville team is vastly different. But some of this is ridiculous. Look, I know people want to hype on, oh, well, Tampa Bay got an easy schedule. I think that that's overblown, too. Look, is a better team than they were last year. Okay, I think Atlanta's got a better offense. Don't know about their defense. And New Orleans, I'm holding back, but I don't think it's going to be easy games against New Orleans. So you look at that. And you also have to look at this. Look. People are going, Tampa Bay is the easiest schedule in the league. It's a travesty. Why would anybody do that? Well, Atlanta actually is supposed to have an easier schedule from them. Carolina is basically the same schedule. And New Orleans is considered one of the top 10 easiest schedules as well. A lot has to do with your division, guys. Philadelphia and Dallas have the two easiest schedules in the league. Philadelphia and Dallas are in the same exact division. Right? I mean... You look at this and you go, well, the Giants, you know, so you got Philadelphia and Dallas, okay, and then the Giants are inside the top 10. They're like seven or eight as well. So only really Washington got screwed over in their middle of the pack. And well, you know what? They also made the playoffs last year. A lot has to do with the division. So with the, the idea that, you know, the commissioner is out to get us and the, the guys that make the schedule hate us or, or they love us. Oh, this is great. No, it's not. A lot of it just has to do with the the situation. Pittsburgh and Baltimore are 1-2. And I hear a lot of people out there crying about Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And they're out there crying about, oh, you know, what it's going to be. And it's such a tough schedule. And, oh, let me tell you something. I don't know where these guys that rank tough schedules really are looking. Because they must be just going on last year. I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and let's talk. Okay? Okay. Kansas City, Baltimore on the road, sandwiched by Cleveland the last three games of the year. Brutal. Brutal. No other way to look at it. Trip to Minnesota, not the easiest thing. Trip to the Chargers, not the easiest thing. Obviously, you got to go to Cleveland. Trip to Green Bay and Buffalo, not the easiest thing. All right? I see it. I'm looking at it. I'm going, oh, yeah. Okay, tough schedule. I get you. But hold on. After the Buffalo game, which is opening night, it's a tough game. I get it. They get... Derek Carr and absolutely no defense Raiders at home. That's a win to me. They get Joe Burrow, who may or may not even be in there by week three, and Cincinnati at home. They might get an Aaron Rodgers' less Green Bay Packers team, but we'll say two and two after that. Then they get Denver and Seattle at home. Russell Wilson on a Sunday night, that's one of the longest trips in the country. I think they'll be favored there, slightly favored, but they'll be favored. Guys, I see four and two heading into their bye week. Now they come out on a tough road game against Cleveland. They own Cleveland. We'll give them a loss. That's four and three. Chicago, Detroit, both at home next. Five and three, six and three. Right? And you go to the uh, the Chargers. All right, I'll give them a loss there. Okay. Even though it's a Sunday night game, I, I think that they can win. I'll give them a loss. Okay. So what are we at? Six and four. Cincinnati. I don't care that's on the road. Seven. That's seven wins. Baltimore at home. We'll give them a loss. Minnesota on the road, that's a winnable game. Tennessee at home, a winnable game. That's eight. So I, I'm coming up with eight, maybe nine wins for the toughest schedule in the league. I mean, I look at those last three games and I get it. At Kansas City, Cleveland, and at Baltimore. I get that that's tough. Pittsburgh, you have some right to to be upset. I, I you, you can complain a little bit. But Baltimore? Be quiet, Baltimore. Ravens fans cannot complain one second at all. First of all, you knew you're going to have a hard schedule. I mean, you're Baltimore Ravens, right? You're you're probably the best team in that division. You're a playoff team, okay? And Baltimore, you got some tough games, okay? Outside of division, because obviously you have to go to Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I get it. And there is a span here, by the way, uh, late in the season where they got to go Cleveland. They go go Cleveland at Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Sandwiched by Green Bay and Chicago, I, and that's it's a brutal stretch. Other than that, I'm I'm looking. You're out of conference road games at Chicago, at Miami, at Detroit, at Denver, at Vegas. What? You're complaining about a tough schedule with your road games: Vegas, Detroit, Denver, Miami, Chicago. What? I mean, I'm looking at Baltimore, I see the schedule come out, and I go, man, I'm betting the over for Baltimore for wins this year. Man, I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a good year. Whoa, this is a good schedule. And then people go, oh, it's the worst schedule in the league. They'll be favored against Vegas. Week two, they get KC, primetime, at home. Line's three and a half by KC, win a game. Maybe not for Lamar Jackson who can't win those games, but win a game. I'll give them one and one. You're going to Detroit and you're winning that game. That's two and one. You're going to Denver and you're winning that game. That's three and one. You got Indy and the Chargers at home. I think you should be favored in both of those games. Okay, I think you should. So we're sitting here three and one. Let's give them a split. I don't think they split, but let's give them a split. So four and two. Okay, you're four and two with Cincinnati at home. You're five and two heading into your bye week. Minnesota at home. You're six and two. Miami on the road, you're seven and two. Chicago on the road, yeah, you're eight and two. Cleveland at home, you're nine and two. Now, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, you just you just told me that's gonna be a tough game against Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland. I gotta give them both losses. Watch this. Nine and four. You're coming back, you're winning Green Bay at home, ten and four. Again, Cincinnati, I don't care that's on the road, eleven and four. The Rams at home. All right, I'll give you a loss. And I shouldn't give you a loss 11 and 5. And then Pittsburgh, 12 and 5. At Pittsburgh at home, by the way. 12 and 5. 12 and 5 and I could easily see you winning against the Rams at home. I could easily see you beating either Pittsburgh or Cleveland on the road. I can easily see you sweeping Indy and the Chargers at home. And I think you got a shot at Kansas City. Guys, if there's a team to bet the over after the schedules come out, it's The Baltimore Ravens. And let's go a minute down the road for Baltimore. Oh, by the way, they get 39 days at home. The longest stretch between road games in the league. The Ravens are home from October 4th till November 10th. How are the Ravens ranked the number two toughest schedule in the league? I'm not a Ravens guy. And I'm going, they're a 12 or a 13 win team to me. They may win 14. They might win 15. They get uh, a bad chunk in the middle. They get a good opening before the bye week. Their bye week is in place. They get the longest stretch between road games in the league 39 days at home. Guys, I'm looking at the Ravens and I'm salivating at the over. Schedule came out. People go, oh, the Ravens got a rough schedule. I'll take that to my advantage. I love it. I love it. How about the Dolphins? Dolphins were a team I was selling on the Dolphins this year. I really was. I was looking at Miami, and I'm going, you know, one of the reasons I made money on Miami last year is because I really did like their schedule. I go, you know, it's an easy schedule. Um, And the number was set at just a ridiculous price for Miami. Now everybody's down on two. Every channel I turn to, everything I watch during the day, all the other simulcast shows that, that I'll pay attention to for a minute, they all say Tua's got a weak arm and two is a bad pick and the draft was here and somebody should have taken Tua two and two is this. So the world is down on Miami. Miami has the second longest stretch between road games. They're home. Remember, weather means something, guys. The Miami Dolphins, who play in a beautiful environment, they are home from November 22nd till the day after Christmas. That's massive. That's massive when you're talking about weather situation. Oh, by the way, okay, after, listen to this, after October 31st, after Halloween day when they'll be in Buffalo and it's a tough game, after that, they are at home, at home. They play potentially a bad weather game in New York, against, but it's the Jets. Then home, home, home in a dome against New Orleans. Tennessee, which is never terrible weather, and New England. They open up against New England. They go to Vegas, okay? They go to Tampa. So when I'm looking at bad weather, it's not going to be bad weather September 12th against New England. You're not getting bad weather in Vegas unless you're talking about 114 degrees on, on September 26th. You're not getting bad weather in Tampa. All right, now they take on Jacksonville and England- that's always you know crappy weather, right? Uh, but it's more rain than, than cold. It's mid-October, okay? They got one bad weather game potentially on Halloween in Buffalo. That's a bad weather game potentially. Potentially a bad weather game in New York against the lowly Jets on the 21st of November. And maybe you get a little bit of bad weather in Tennessee on January 6th. So they have the potential for the entire season going to four bad weather places. I'm not really counting... England, because it's not going to like snow and stuff, guys, right? So three really bad weather places. One of them is against the Jets, the lowly Jets, who, yeah, bad weather or not, I, I still think that they're favored there, and I still think they win. And then maybe Tennessee. So they got really like one, maybe two bad weather games. I'm looking at Miami. and I told you they got a lot of home games back stacked. They're going to get off to a rough start. You got at New England, tough game. Buffalo, tough game. In Vegas, tough game. Indy at home, tough game. On the road against Tampa, tough game. Then when they come back, it starts to get easier. Jacksonville in England, Atlanta at home. The Buffalo game in Buffalo is tough. Houston at home, Baltimore at home. The Jets, Carolina at home. Giants at home, Jets at home. You have to look at schedules and kind of formulate a game plan. And my game plan Is, you know what? I'm not buying Miami yet, but I'm looking at this Miami Dolphins team and I'm saying week six, they travel to Jacksonville, and I like Jacksonville. Week six, they're going to travel to Jacksonville. That's when you start betting Miami. Because those first five games, Tampa, Indy, Vegas on the road, New England on the road, and Buffalo, (sighs) I could be looking at 0 5. One and four is a distinct pot. I don't think they beat Buffalo. I I don't think they beat Tampa in Tampa. Can they beat Indy at home? Maybe, maybe. Can they beat Vegas in Vegas? They're the better team, but Vegas is tough. Can they beat New England in New England? I think at best you're hoping for three and two. I think a realist is saying two and three or one and four. But after that, jump on this Miami Dolphins bandwagon. After that, you, you got to take a, a real hard look at them. Um, and then you go also go to the Chiefs, by the way. From November 15th through uh, no, December 15th, they are a team that is sitting there with the third most consecutive days at home. If there's anybody that got a real break, everyone's talking about Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. If there's anybody that got a real break in the schedule, it's the Chiefs. Now, it doesn't seem like that because the Chiefs play in a very tough division. Their road games. Baltimore, week two, we know they own Baltimore, and that's on prime time. Philadelphia, that's a joke. Washington, probably a tougher game than they think, but they'll be favored there. Tennessee, they'll be favored there. The Raiders, they'll be favored there. The Chargers, that's in division, obviously. But they finish out on the road, Cincinnati, Denver. You know, so let's count the ways here. Because I know there, there are a bunch of talking head morons out there that are going 17-0. They're not going 17-0. But it is a little hard to find a couple of losses here. Opening night against Cleveland. Eh, look, that's a really good game. It's a really good game, but you have to give Casey the win at home. At Baltimore, Baltimore has never shown the ability to beat them. Never. Um, so you got to give them a win, even though that's a tough game. And then the Chargers open. Three tough games. Three tough games. But I'm giving them 3-0. and Philadelphia on the road, 4-0. and Buffalo at home—that's going to be a good game, but I'm giving it a five and zero. I think they trip up against Washington or Tennessee on the road. Okay, uh, I could be Washington, maybe Tennessee. So I'll give them—you know—they were five and zero. That's six and one. Giants, Green Bay at home, seven and one, eight and one. Dallas at home, nine and one. The Raiders, ten and one. Denver, eleven and one. Raiders again, twelve and one. Chargers, i am going to give them a loss, twelve and two. Pittsburgh, you know, 13, and then Cincinnati, Denver. I mean, look, I'm making fun of people for saying 17-0. But if they could get out alive, look, at the end, going from week 18 down, Denver, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the Chargers in San Diego on a Thursday night game or in L.A. on a Thursday night game, that's a tricky one, okay? But it is a rookie coach. So Denver, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Chargers, Vegas at home, Denver at home, Dallas at home. At Las Vegas, I think people are going to circle that one. I think they win that. Green Bay, it's at home. I think they win that. Mahomes wants that one. The Giants. The big spot for me, Washington-Tennessee back-to-back road games in late October, and that and Buffalo's right before that. But if they open up the season, they have three tough games to open the season. Cleveland at home, Baltimore on the road, Chargers at home. Three tough games to open up the season. If they turn around and they're able to sit back and win those three games, I'm not saying 17-0, and guys, okay? Uh, but I will tell you, I would be sitting back and going, they're going to be the number one overall seed. <laughs> they're just going to be the number one overall seed. And Kansas City got a lot, a lot of help from the schedule makers, and they didn't need any help. But you know what? Look, that's the NFL. That's into the future. So let's go. To the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet, bet to the, to the future. future. All right, guys, let's bet to the future. While well, we're talking about numbers, I want to give you a refresher here. Here are the currently the top ten teams uh, for the over/under projections. The Chiefs. Opened up with a 12 number. Now they're 12, minus 115, minus 20. Some places they've gone up to 12 and a half, the over-under there. The Bucks are 11 and a half. Packers are 11. The Ravens opened up at 10 and a half. I loved it. It's now sitting at a solid 11. The Bills are at 10 and a half. They moved up from a 10 to an 11 as well. Browns are 10. Rams are 10. Colts are 10. Niners are 10. And the Dolphins are 9 and a half. That is bet to the future. Yeah, guys, look, I'm telling you, I I know it's tough to look at the these numbers, but the Chiefs last year went 14-2 and two during the regular season. So for them to sit back and have a 12 number, they'd have to be two games worse than last year in a 16-game season and three games worse than last year um, to lose that bet in a 16-game season and a 17-game season. I mean, I, it it doesn't make sense. It's a 12-5, you know? That is something I'm. I'm telling you, I wasn't planning on jumping on the Chiefs because I think a lot of people will be on the Chiefs. But oof, when you look at that schedule, Chiefs make a lot of sense. They really make a lot of sense. Um, the Ravens, also, you know, I am not, you know, Lamar Jackson and uh, you know just drooling over them. I'm. I'm not that guy. Okay, but their schedule to me, you could call it tough all you want. Not to me. I don't see it as tough. I, I just don't. How about the uh, the best games? Let's take a quick look at some of these best games because everyone's talking about the best game. That line is three and a half, and that is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Gronkineers, right, are going up to Belichick. Minus three and a half is the number. You know, there's, there's two sides to this, okay? And a lot of it has to do with what does it mean more, but I want to walk you through this. It means more to Belichick. But that doesn't mean it doesn't mean something to Tom Brady. You know, these guys got divorced and Tom Brady wound up landing a 21-year-old supermodel that he could show off at all times. But, you know, that's not the end. When he meets Bill Belichick and, you know, he's by himself and, you know, or he's sitting there with some, you know, ugly chick that's fat and he's just she's a mess and he's miserable. Don't you want to go, oh, yeah, by the way, she's a 21-year-old playmate supermodel That also has her PhD. You know, don't you want to kind of throw that second dagger in there? So if Brady loses this game, everyone's going, yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? He already won the Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. You're right. And it doesn't really matter. But it does. This is a guy that 20 years uh, has been telling us that, oh, well, you know, I wasn't drafted where I thought I was drafted. These guys hold on to these kind of things. For Belichick, though, I think it means a ton. Belichick's legacy is on the line here. He he almost has to win this game. And if he doesn't win the game, doesn't he have to make Tom look silly? The biggest defensive mind in the history of the NFL, doesn't he have to make Tom look silly? Uh, maybe they lose, but Tom Brady throws three picks, and they throw for 190 yards, right? I mean, but Belichick almost has to win here. There's one way that Belichick could kind of wiggle out of this. And the one way that Belichick could wiggle out of this Is Cam Newton the scapegoat? So let me tell you, if Brady goes in and beats Belichick in New England, in primetime, in the most anticipated game perhaps ever for a regular season game in the NFL, if Brady goes in and beats Belichick, national TV, after winning a Super Bowl, the entire sports world will be on Brady, beat Belichick. Brady was the reason. Brady, 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 Brady. Oh, boy, Brady. Look at what he did. Oh, Brady's the guy. Oh, Brady got revenge. Oh, Brady. It's going to be endless. But there's one way Bill can kind of stop that, isn't there? Sure, there is. Cam Newton is the starting quarterback. Cam Newton loses to Tom Brady up in Foxborough. Okay. It's a Sunday night game. Monday morning, Bill Belichick calls a press conference with the whole sports world talking about Brady, 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 Brady. Oh, Brady did this. Oh, Brady beat you. Oh, how do you feel? Oh, Brady this. Belichick's got the whole sports world. And what does he say? Mac Jones is my starter starting tomorrow. Doesn't that shift the conversation? Doesn't that shift the narrative suddenly to,
1: oh,
0: He's blaming it on Cam. And doesn't that also shift things where if Mac Jones does become what they think he's going to become, and Mac Jones has success, and Mac Jones does big things, doesn't it go, every the history books, doesn't it, don't you sit back and you go, ah, yeah, I know Brady beat him head to head, but how much validity can we put into that? They used Cam. If he used Mac Jones, look at what would have happened. So, Brady should be the favorite here. I think New England's improved, but until we see it, it means more to Belichick. Make Make no doubt about it. But I do think that we can twist this. And I do think that there is a potential to kind of change the narrative. I really do. Um, we do have a Christmas Day game, uh, a couple of Christmas Day games. And we have a pretty good one, right? Saints-Vikings we got last year. Okay, you know, it was a blowout in, in the Saints 150-233. But how about this? Browns-Packers in Green Bay. This is huge. I mean, this is, look, if Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, this is massive. Everyone's on the Browns. Browns, 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 Browns. But can you win that tough road game? And for Aaron Rodgers, you know, can you finally beat a good defense? That's really the question. And then you have, um, you know, Indianapolis against the Cardinals. Kind of the late game at the end of the day. You've opened up all your gifts. You kind of want to see what Carson Wentz is going to be. So we have that. Um, also, some pretty good other things. Every single team is going to play in prime time this year, so that's kind of cool or maybe terrible. I mean, we'll see. Uh, Dallas is getting a lot. The NFC West is hyped huge. 18 prime time games. Overall, I never blame the schedule makers. You can't really say it's good or bad or whatnot or what. how is this there are certain teams that kind of a little bit got the shaft, certain teams that I'll be circling and just sort of saying, okay, well, you know, this is a a spot I'm watching. This is a spot that I'm paying attention to. Um, that Bills-Chiefs game in week five. You know, Chiefs minus three and a half against the Bills. I think that's a huge game. I do. I think that's a big game. I want to see if Buffalo has taken the next step. I think that's a big game. Um... You go down the list and you go. That's maybe the bigger game. Uh, if it wasn't Bucks Pates, uh, Pats, that's a big game. How about Bills against Green Bay? That's a big game. I'm looking forward to. That's something I'm jump. It's jumping off, and I'm going. Yeah, okay. We we got to pay attention to that one right there. That's something you really want to take a look at. Um, under the radar kind of game that I'm really kind of interested in this year. That could be. I'm not saying it's going to be. Week 11, San Francisco, Jacksonville. Yeah, no, hardly ever talk about the Jags, but this could be Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's fun. I'm sorry, but that that is absolutely fun if you're talking about that. So there are some games here that you almost have to rely upon the team being good, There are some games here that we have to almost rely upon. Okay, how is this team going to react? Obviously, division games are always going to be tough. The Chiefs and Tampa Bay are going to move the needle no matter who they are or what their situation. But from a sports betting perspective, we've got to pay attention to some of these games because of the hype that's coming in right? Look at the Dallas Cowboys. Suddenly, I'm starting to hear the rumblings, okay? Dallas Dallas goes out there. Dak Prescott goes, oh, we're going to light teams up. That's literally what he said. So you think big offense. Nine of Dallas's opponents had losing records last year. Oh, oh boy. And he gets to the NFC East. Oh, there you go. So people are looking at Dallas and go, okay, you know what? Dallas is getting a little bit of hype. Maybe there's a buy against opportunity there. That might be be something to watch. I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers, guys. To me, the Panthers were an upstart team last year. I like the Panthers. I'm looking at the Panthers, and I go, all right, they don't play any teams coming off of a bye. Oh, that's pretty huge. They have a huge rest. If you're into rest differential, they have huge rest times. The Carolina Panthers start off as favorites. They're not in that favorite role a lot. Another year with this head coach, Sam Darnold, a lot to prove. Carolina is flying under the radar. Carolina Panthers are a team that I look at and I go, you know, can they be a playoff team? Oh, you know, I I think maybe we have to start looking at that. But their win total is seven and a half. So the Carolina Panthers, yet another team I'm looking at and I'm going, yeah, the Panthers are a team I'm going to start to take a peek at and go, all right, be quiet. Don't let the hype come up and get us because their schedule is very favorable. So this is the last schedule I'll go over because I want to highlight Carolina at the end here, because I think you're going to be surprised. Over under is seven and a half and they have tough games on the road, Buffalo, on the road, Tampa, on the road, New Orleans, on the road, Miami, uh, on the road, uh, Dallas. They have some tough games, but they only need eight wins. They open up against the Jets at home. That's a win. They got New Orleans the next week at home. I'm telling you guys, that is not a sure loss at all. They could win that game, but I'll give them a loss. It's one and one at Houston. You got to assume that Deshaun Watson's not there. They're two and one at Dallas. I think they could win that game, but I'll give them two and two. Philadelphia Minnesota at home. Let's say they split three and three. The Giants on the road. I think they win that game four and three. Atlanta on the road. We'll go to four and four. New England at home. It's a winnable game. But I'll go four and five. Arizona four and six. Washington it's at home. Ron Rivera coming back. It's four and seven at Miami's four and eight. Atlanta at home five and eight. At the end of the uh, you know the year, Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans. Can they beat Tampa once or twice? Uh, to me, the number is this: Can they beat in their division? Can they split with Atlanta? Split with Tampa and split with New Orleans? Can they go? out there and those six games can they go three and three? If they go three and three, they're beating the seven and a half but without a problem. If they go two and four, they could still do it. But if they get beat up and they go one and five in division, I don't see how they're gonna get there, but I just don't see that. I think I really do think that game two against New Orleans at home, that could be a win. And I think the day after Christmas they could upset Tampa. I do believe they could beat Atlanta on December 12th in Carolina as well. So I think they could win all three home games in division. They got a shot to go into Atlanta and win. I don't know about this New Orleans team. I am high on Carolina. So after the schedules are released, guys, I'm high on teams that people don't like, like Carolina and Jacksonville. And I'm high on two teams that people do like, which is Baltimore and Kansas City. The schedules are released they are out here. They're out here for everybody that wants to take a peek at them. And my takeaway is, look, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say, yeah, Kansas City's going over their total. I think Baltimore's going over their total. I like Carolina to go over their total. And I like Jacksonville to go over their total. Interesting thought. Jacksonville will probably be the underdog in almost every game uh, before the year. I'm going to say they're going to flip that and be favorites in... Maybe six games. I think they're going to be that kind of on the scene, grab the collective public. So if you're a Jacksonville better like I am, um, you know, the early lines are not exactly an indication of what I think is going to happen after some time. All right, guys, I'm Tom Bart for Wagering Week. We'll be back and you can bet on that.